What is up, everybody? It is your boy Michael Harris joined as always with Lincoln Cook, and we have a, another special guest for you, Todd Jacko. How's it going? Great, I'm great. Thanks for uh, having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Of course, um, back to back weeks weeks with guests here. Yes, yeah, pretty exciting. Um, so I have met Todd a while ago at um expo park um and do you want to just give us a little background on your involvement with the colorado disc golf community the scene kind of like your your background where where people can kind of find you type of thing who is todd Um, yeah todd uh So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a tag master for, uh, uh, Dragons Disc Golf Club. Um, I host a match every, every week, twice a week, actually. Um, and then I, I pick up other matches too, as well. I, I, I play pretty much every day. Um, but you can find me a lot at Expo, um, on Tuesdays and, uh, and then like Dry Dock North on Saturdays. And basically I, yeah, I run matches, um, and we invite in a lot of people to um, hang out and play disc golf of all sorts of skill levels. Um, everything from recreational players just trying to have fun all the way up to pro players that are you know, trying to play for skins or cash games and things like that. Um, and we basically just kind of coordinate all that into one and trying to bring it into a, a larger community where we can kind of give back to not only the courses, because we do a lot of course maintenance and things like that, um, but also be able to host uh, larger tournaments and, and things where more professional disc golfers can enjoy a better layout and stuff like that. Nice. Um, so that there's two things. One, for our listeners, do you want to kind of explain what a tags match is? I know me and Lincoln, we know what it is. We uh, live Sometimes in Den- I don't even know. I know. We live in Denver, <laughs> so it's... Um, we know it, but just for everyone else, kind of like what's a little, sure. little yeah, breakdown. So uh, a tag is basically just a number. Um, uh, every year we come out with a, a club tag. Um, it's an annual tag that you get every year. So you, you purchase another one every year. Those proceeds, like I said, they go back into the club and they help uh, they help purchase all of our stuff for tournaments and things like that to, make, to be able to make those events better. Um, the, the tags matches themselves, um, you basically, uh, you purchase a tag. It's, it has a number. Everybody puts their tag into a big pool. Um, you'll play your round. Everybody plays together at the end of the round. Uh, the person who played the best gets the lowest number tag. So one being the best tag. Um, and I think we're, we're over 800 tags now. Um, but they intermingle. So, you know, you don't always hundred all the low tags and all the high tags. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very big club, um, but it's a lot of fun. So we we host matches every single day. I only host a couple here and there, but we've got a bunch of other tag masters that help out and actually um, run their own matches at different different courses. So you can you can pretty much play every single day at a different place and use the same tag to kind of intermingle between all the different courses. That's awesome. That's so that's cool. legit. Um, yeah, I know when I was there, it was it was fun to follow along the Facebook page and see who was hosting and where they were. And, um, it, the Colorado disc golf scene is, I don't want to say underrated, but I feel like it's very overlooked at the higher pro level because there's no disc golf. Like there's no pro tour stop there. Yeah. There's Um, not a major course for us to, you know, 
entice the pro tour to come here. Yeah. True. Yeah. And there are, um, there are some stipulations, um, you know, for, for a pro course, you've got to have, you know, proper lodging, proper parking, logistics, you know, gotta be a lot of little stipulations that you have to cover. And, uh, unfortunately we don't have a lot of courses that can handle that kind of, uh, volume. Uh, I guess you would say, uh, the amount of people that would show up for that yeah. in those areas. Yeah. You'd have to you'd have to really coordinate with a lot of different places in order to to try and do something, and I think a a a bigger thing though, other than that, is just that the altitude is different, and mm -hmm. your discs fly a lot different. Um, there's less air there, you know, so you're using a lot more overstable discs to get the same kind of turns that you would at because at lower level you've got more humidity, there's more density in the air, so. Those those more overstable discs will actually flip a little bit more than they will um, at a higher altitude. So it's a little different back and forth. When we travel down to lower altitude, your your disc selection does change quite a bit, and I think that's probably a little turnoff for a lot of the pros. Yeah, it's interesting. But Never even thought about that. It's weird yeah. because you look at the pro tour now, and some of the most recognizable names on the tour are from Colorado. I mean, there are lots of guys. Mm -hmm. We had Aaron Gossage come second last week. Um, you got Eagle, you have Tristan Tanner, you have, um, who Joel else? Freeman, Joel, Joel Freeman. Yeah. Well, Nate to your Edward. point, Nate Sexton literally said on yeah. coverage this last week, he's like, I don't know what it is about these Colorado guys, but they are the <laughs> farthest throwing guys on tour. We have to learn to throw far without yeah. the air to help us stay those discs in the air, you know? Yeah. Also, we don't have anything blocking us thumb, between the find, basket. Yeah, a good rule of thumb, I find, if you go down, so uh, we played at uh, DDO in Kansas last year, um, and that was a that was a fun tournament, a little pro tour event. Um, it, automatically, right out of the car, you're throwing a hundred feet further if you if you can just control that disc a little bit because the air just picks you up and you just glide so much further. You're throwing further at low elevation. Yeah, you're throwing a lot further at lower elevation than than we are at higher elevation. There's no air to carry. All right, let's so, go. Yeah. yeah, up here you've got to throw harder. You got to th you know you got to really work on those lines to get that disc to fly further. When you go to yeah. lower elevation, you can flip that disc up at sixty percent and get it to go just as far as you're throwing here. So when you're doing full pulls, you're you're really ripping on that disc, and that's why all these these big pros, you know. A lot of them, they've been playing for a really long time, so they know what they're doing. But it's like when you go up in elevation, you're not throwing 700 feet, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you're coming from elevation, throwing four or 500, you're automatically just adding distance when you go lower. And that takes, you know, it takes a little bit to learn because the, the air does flip the disc a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but once you figure that out, it's, it's just a touch. You know, you figure out that touch for your disc and it really yeah. works pretty crazy. Mike, that's making me feel a lot better about next month. Yeah. So, yeah. Todd, for your reference, since we didn't update you beforehand, uh, Michael and I are going to the United States Amateur Disc Golf Championship in Michigan here in three oh, weeks. In okay. Yeah, at the Toboggan. Oh, um, nice. So, I'm playing in it. Mike's going to come caddy for me. Yep. And uh, for the last, like, what, two months, we've been slowly prepping, talking about, you know, in the bag, building it out. And adding more overstable stuff to my bag than what I'm currently bagging just because we need that added stability at lower elevation. So that's been kind of a fun process for us to talk about. But you saying that you throw further at low elevation, 
makes me feel better because I'm just now hitting that 400 mark. And uh, if I can push that to, who knows, 420, maybe I could birdie a few of those holes out there. I don't know. I was planning on just parring as as much as I could because it's out of my range a little bit. But (laughs) Takes a lot of practice, yeah. For sure. Um, Uh, Do you want to get into our special news, Lincoln? uh, I was going to... Or more See questions. if we could figure out a little bit more about Todd, the disc Perfect. golfer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, to get to know you a little bit in your game, we'll throw some quick hitter questions at you. You can elaborate or you can just do give quick answers. I've got a whole list of questions. Um, but what is your current rating? Uh, I am a 926 right now. And are you playing MA1? Uh, I'm not yet. Um, I will probably end up skipping MA1 this year and just, it's just moving up. Um, I've been moving up pretty quick. Uh, and eventually when you, as you play AMs, um, the only real benefit you have is just getting a player's pack. And over time you get enough discs and stuff that you don't really need to to pay for the, the player's packs and stuff. And right. um, a lot of the tournaments that, um, that I play in, I would, I would cash out in, in the pro. Um, so I, I try to wager that, you know, when I, when I'm moving, um, but it's all going to be dependent. I, I assume at least what I'm aiming for is just to keep pushing up until I can just play the pro events and just run that way. Uh, and I, I already play the flexes um, that we have around here, which uh, if you don't know what a flex is, it's like a, a, a mini tournament. Um, yeah. Flex just a one day. Yeah. It's a flex start. So it might be from like eight in the morning till five in the afternoon. Uh, you show up, you enter the tournament that you play your round, and then you get your rating off the round um, yeah. for that. We, we've crossed paths a couple of times at some smaller tier tournaments and i've seen you play mpo and i've also seen you play ma1 so that's where i, I wasn't sure because yeah, i'm only I, playing I play ma1 for now there. but yeah sweet yeah. um how far is a confident golf line for you backhand and forehand uh oh a forehand uh so i'm i'm probably 80 90 off the tee forehand um okay. I used to play baseball and so i i really uh i really lean on that accuracy from that um, this year I've been focusing a lot on backhand and trying to make sure that I can really have a backhand for those lines where I don't want to throw an understable forehand. I just need something lofty and a backhand hyzer just to come in. Uh, yep. so I would say, yeah, a 350 solid, uh, 380, um, solid forehand here. Um, Sweet. and backhands over 300 is easy. If I'm under 200 feet, you're probably always going to see me throw a backhand as an, as an upshot, as a touch shot, you know? And Interesting. Then, yeah. And I, and I putt, I putt backhand obviously yeah. um as well so but if you know if the line calls for it um i love the touch shot the forehand touch um, yeah different and to confirm you are not a lefty i'm not a lefty no because this is the left hand backhand podcast yeah and not a lefty um, we are I both lefties from... here so you are an honorary lefty though you are not a born into the covenant lefty <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my shot shape is left-handed. Exactly. Sure. So we accept you as an honorary lefty. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so your your biggest strength you'd say is your forehand, right? Absolutely. Sick. Um and then what would you say is the biggest weakness of your game? Uh right now, probably my putting consistency. 
Um, that's something I'm really trying to work on. Um, I've, I've, I've found that, uh, getting, getting to the basket isn't the issue, you know, getting, getting that drive to be close enough where I feel I can make that putt is, is, is pretty, pretty solid. Now I feel pretty confident about that. Um, it's just cashing out those putts, just cashing out those putts. Yeah. You know, you'll go yep. on, I'll go on streaks where I'll hit, I'll hit some really good putts. I'll feel real confident. And then you'll have those days where you just can't for some reason get something to stick, you know, it's, uh, it's a some, little hit or miss. sometimes so weeks, sometimes months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been working over the winter, just so much on putting, trying to get things better. And I feel a lot more confident now. So I'm not really not stressing about it. And I think the one thing when you're on the course, like when we play tags matches, it's all for fun. Uh, mm. But when you're on a course for a tournament, it's, you got to try not to, to get into your head about all that, all that practice and stuff. Just let it happen. Just play. Yeah. Let it happen. Don't overthink all those little mechanics that you're, uh, that you're working on when you're practicing, let all that go to the side and let your natural ability kind of flow in. It, it'll work a lot better for you. I feel rather than overthinking it. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that a lot. I mean, I feel like you put in the work to not have to think about it in the tournament pressure situation. So it's like, you're not trying to be so mechanical and robotic in your motions. It is kind of a take a deep breath and just let your body do the job that you have been working on for all those days, hours, years. Like riding the bike. Yeah. You know, you don't think about pedaling. You don't think about balance. Yeah. Once you get it, you just do it. For sure. That would be kind of interesting to consciously think about pedaling while you're riding a bike. I bet it would feel right. weird. Right. And it's the same with the thing with putting. Yeah. If, you, if you're consciously thinking about all the mechanics that you've been working on, one of those mechanics gets stuck in the head, then you're just overdoing it a little bit or yeah. you're underdoing yeah. it. A little bit. Yeah. Which is why you always make the second one because you're not even thinking about it. You just toss it and it goes awesome. in. You're like, okay, well, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, last two questions for you before we jump into the big reason you're on the podcast, because we have some fun and exciting news, which is why we're bringing you on for your expertise. Uh, how long have you been playing and where, like you're in Colorado now, but is that where you've always been? Where's, where's home or where are your roots? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I really picked up uh disc golf uh, during COVID. Um, and, uh, so September, 2020 was my first tournament. Nice. Um, before that I had played a few, a few matches and that's when I got into tags matches was that summer, um, and figured out, you know, that there was actually like a group of people who do things together that, you know, promote this sport, which was kind of the coolest thing I'd ever had. I'd never had such a, a social experience since like high school, you know, you meet people all the time, uh, and that, so I've met so many people through that. Uh, I, I, I've known about disc golf for a long time, uh, but I never really got into it. Um, I remember in the, maybe 2010, me and some buddies would take like one disc out to the, to the park and just like walk the park, you know, mm-hmm. and like toss a Frisbee at a basket and, you know, no scores or anything like that. Um, so it was really, it was really during COVID when, um, I used to be a, a Subaru mechanic and, uh, I got furloughed from my dealership and all I could really do was just, you know, go outside and and play disc golf. I could go outside and walk on the course. I could be outside all day and have to be cooped up in the house. So I started doing that more and more and more. And then it became kind of an obsession. 
and I've been playing every single day. I just, every day now I'm, I'm trying to play I've, I've, every day. I put a disc in my hand. I don't think there's a day now that I don't, but uh, it's, it's been amazing. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's been life-changing I'd say. Good. Awesome. And then where do you call home You're from Colorado? Where'd you grow up? Uh, so I've been in Colorado since, uh, 06. Um, I grew up in Ohio, mostly, uh, central Ohio, a little place called Grove city. Um, but I was born in Holland, uh, in the Netherlands, uh, military baby okay. so, born there, moved all up and down the East coast when I was little, and then kind of settled out in, uh, in Ohio from about 12 until I graduated high school. And then, uh, in 06, I was probably 19, maybe. Uh, when I moved out to Colorado, 19 or 20, when I moved to Colorado. Solid. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mike, do you want to get into it? Yeah. Um, so Lincoln and I sent in an application to Lone Star Disc to join their Ranger team. And we have both been accepted and we accepted the, the calling. Um, so we are officially Lone Star Disc Ranger team members. Woo! Is that is that Yo. correct? Welcome to the team. Right on. Yeah. Well, let's go. Um, yeah, and let's go. we called in the expert. You are currently a Ranger team member yourself, correct? I am. Yes. Cool. Um, and we just wanted to call, like, have you come on? And what was that? What has it been like for you so far? Uh, how long it, have you been on the team? Yeah. So, um, so I, I got on the team, uh, at the end of last year. Um, and, and honestly, I'd, I'd applied for other, you know, other disc manufacturers and things like that, um, in hopes that, uh, that I could get on, on somewhere. Uh, Lone Star was kind enough to, to give me that opportunity. And, um, and I thought to myself, uh, it would be tough to switch over to new discs. Um, but I, but I honestly wanted the challenge and I wanted the opportunity to take advantage of, I know it's a, it's a low level sponsorship, but it's like, it's your first disc manufacturer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a, in my eyes, there's a stepping stone there. And so, you know, you can, you can build off of that. And so that's really where I've, I've kind of tried to take this, uh, this idea from uh, being accepted and, and switching over. And in the same sense, um, being so new to the game um, in just a few years, I feel like learning the new discs should just be an automatic. Um, Cause there's a lot of the pros say it's not the discs, it's the player. Mm -hmm. You know, you, it, there's lots of molds and there's lots of things to do, but if you're, if you're good at what you do, you'll figure out how to do it and you'll make it happen. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's been exciting. Yeah. I think we're literally in that exact same mindset and thought process. We're both excited about the idea of switching our bags over, trying new plastic, but also just like a stepping stone and to like say, Hey, you know, I want to see how this opportunity is for us. Yeah. Uh, a little bit I of bragging rights with your friends too. A little bit. I mean, yeah, it's kind of sick to be like, yeah, I got a sponsor, whatever. I mean, yeah. even though it's, it's, it's different, but yeah. Um, my first question for you before we jump into discs and everything like that, uh, I am a quote unquote brand ambassador for Trash Panda Disc Golf. Oh, excellent. Do you think that's, I've been trying to schedule a call with 
um, Sheldon, but do you think that's a no-go with Lone Star? No. So, um, so because they said no manufacturers and he's not quite a manufacturer yet. Like he does manufacture his own discs, but it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, that's a tough subject. I, I, I could see that. (laughs) Um, he is it's, a it's not a sponsorship. Manager. I'm not paid. I'm not sponsored, but I am right. a brand but, ambassador, quote unquote. Yeah, right. But he's also, you know, it's it's kind of it's a unique opportunity with him because he's got the first uh, recycled plastic discs, um, which are amazing. Those those blue inner cores that they that they released. Um, yeah, yeah. They're they such a great disc. So you got the yeah, blue yeah, inner yeah, cores. Right I've got the putting plastic, the TPE oh, cool. inner cores. These things are magic. Wow. That's what I'm putting with at USAMs. And then I also have the Dune, which is the mid-range. Those, yeah. Okay. So I just heard about those, right? They're so uh, sick. So he, but they're not released yet, are they? Correct. Right. I, okay. They're approved, I just not released. Um, I have an Intercore myself. I was actually at the Intercore release party mm-hmm. um, here in Denver. They held that actually at Dry Dock, uh, Dry Dock North location. Nice. nice. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't, I honestly, I don't know if you've got, if you've got questions about that, maybe, uh, maybe hit up, uh, uh, Josh and the guys or, or just toss the question in the team, in the team chat, um, yeah. to really make sure. Cause if you, if you're worried about that, I honestly wouldn't think it, it it's going to matter because, you know, you got to have 90% of your bag. Um, as, and I would uh, just have the inner core so, and the dune. That's all right. the only Every two discs that wouldn't be. You just do one disc of something you like. Uh, me personally, I I still keep. Um, I have two discs that aren't Lone Star that I keep in my bag, um, and I and I do throw them um, here and there just for the shots that I I really want to know because I'm still learning some of the other discs. But I do. I've I've changed over my mid ranges. I've changed over my putters. I've changed over my fairways. Um, I have, I have one, well, I had set up two distance drivers that I like to kind of lean on just for that shot shape that I kind of need. Cause I haven't figured mm-hmm. out their longer stuff yet, but in the same sense, I've found some discs from Lone Star that I throw further than those other discs. So Sweet. yeah, there's a definite back and forth. Well, that sounds like a perfect transition to me to get into some discs. Yeah. Mike, where do you want to start? Um, well, you say that the top of your bag is a little uh, not wishy-washy, but let's let's start with the slowest speed. Let's go from your putters and work our way up in speed. Um, so, just want to kind of walk us through what you have in your bag, and maybe like what the, the plastics, plastic, and also like what your process of trial and error you had going with them, like. Yeah, what's your thought process on why you have it as opposed to a different one from Lone Star? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, a great question. Um, so maybe maybe we should start with what I used to throw. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Even better. To what, I, what I've kind of gotten, in, gotten into. Uh, when I started playing, I threw Judges um, as a putter. Okay. Nice, solid, solid disc. Uh, but then I liked, um, I liked the throwing ability of an Envy. And so I, I switched over from Judges to Envies. Um, and then I, I, I really liked how flat and straight envies, you could put them on a line. They really hold very well. When I got into Lone Star, um, so the first, the first putter I picked up was the Dillos. Um, yeah. and they, these were in their, their like Bravo, uh, glow plastic, which, which is, is pretty nice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they're really good discs. The one, two, zero, one, nice straight flyers. You give them too much, they might turn out on you. Um, but I don't like to putt with premium plastic. So I, yeah. I pretty much switched over pretty quick and ended up going over to um, the blue bonnets and okay. uh, the jackrabbits. Do you putt uh, with both or putt and throw? Uh, so yeah, that's good. Good question. And jackrabbits um, have a bead, correct? Yes. And yes. blue bonnets so do not. The, the jackrabbits, um, and and I use the V the V one and V two plastics uh, for these guys because I like the tacky feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jackrabbits will hold in wind so you know even if you have like a 20 mile an hour headwind and you and you throw these guys as a throwing putter they're going to hold really nice on that angle they're not going to flip out on you um but they're very overstable so you want yeah, it like, says a, a zero three is that pretty accurate yeah i i mean once you beat them in i don't think they're as overstable as they say they're definitely overstable though if you don't give them the right angle in the right direction you know, I usually for, for a backhand, I want to go like 20 degrees to the right a little bit. So I know that finish comes back at the basket. Um, the blue bonnets though, they don't have a, they don't have a bead. And so these guys actually, um, if you, if you get on them too much, they'll, they'll flip up a little bit and and they'll turn out, they, they still come back a little bit, but I find the, my favorite putter though, is, is definitely the jackrabbit. And that's, that's what Sick. I put. You'll see me pull that out of my bag nine times out of 10. Awesome. Yeah. yeah and cool and you like putting with that with the bead coming yeah. from the judge i do actually Thank and you. what's funny is um the other day cause, so i had a bunch of judges obviously from before you know for practicing and stuff uh i had lost a disc uh one of my i actually just lost a jackrabbit putting in in the back of dry dock in between <laughs> some pallets or something somewhere i have no idea where it is so I pulled out a couple of judges just to throw in so I could have them at the same time. And then I went out on the course and was throwing them. And I really noticed how close the, the judge was to the blue bonnet. Um, the judge has kind of like a micro bead. So it's, it's like right in between both. And that plastic of the judge, once you beat it in, it's very similar to the, uh, to the Victor one and Victor two plastics of Lone Star. Cool. Nice. Well, we are both former bead putters Mike kind of switches back and forth i was a link putter for the last two and a half years and now i'm a inner core putter so the idea of a beaded putter like the jackrabbit and the copperhead are the two that i have highlighted do you have any other putters in your bag from lone star no right now um yeah i I carry uh two jackrabbits one blue bonnet and two dillas um the dillas i don't throw too much i play a lot of glow rounds so i'll pull them out for glow because they're both glow plastic um but they're just kind of space holders right now uh honestly it's it's the jackrabbit for me pretty much all the time and if i'm within if i'm within 150 200 feet for an upshot it i'll just probably pull out that putter and just toss that nice and then how does that blue bonnet compare to the penny putter did you have you ever tried the penny putter for so putting? I, I, I have thrown the penny putter. Um, they're they're nice and lofty, uh, but I don't. So m- with my backhand, it's a little different because I'm not a very strong backhand player. Yeah. Um, so it's taken me a lot to learn to get the proper snap and the touch for a backhand shot. I'm you know with being forehand, and this is, <laughs> it's funny I say this. Uh, I don't like to forehand putt putt putters. 
I, I almost yeah. never want to forehand a putter or almost even a mid range. Really. I've worked into some mid ranges. Um, I throw a super overstable like a uh, Walker mm-hmm. um, for my mid range. Uh, but it's because I throw a forehand flick and I get too much snap on it. And even that I turn out um, but that's me replacing a justice. So yeah. it's a, yep. yeah, it's very close, but it's not as overstable. It's not as torque resistant as a justice, but throw them a little flatter and find that finesse and they, they work real well. Nice. Um, have you thrown a copperhead before or the yeah. bull or the bull snake? I've thrown, I've thrown both. Um, the copperhead it's, it's real flat, right. And Perfect. it's kind of got, got that a thumb track style type rim. Perfect. Um, and, and they're both nice. Like, it, I, I guess I just like, I like the overstable stuff cause I know it's going to come back. Yeah. And it's it's been tough for me for that finesse. Yeah, for sure. So there is, there's a there's a disc that I have in my bag that I think will be replaced perfectly by that copperhead. Um it's a latitude sixty-four caltrop, which is a deep flat top, has the little thumb track on it, and it's like stable enough to hold up to power when thrown hard but it's not like dumping out of the air it's not it's not like a pig it's not a pig overstable it's more like a r pro rhino where it's like you can put some power on it but it's just gonna like stay straight and just fall to the ground gotcha that's nice yeah i so the the dillos for me uh, are kind of like that that. okay because i don't have a lot of snap and so that spin doesn't turn it out but yeah. they tend to fly real straight and then just kind of fall flat. Perfect. Down. They don't usually dump out. Cool. So I, I think I have two to choose from, Lincoln, which is nice. Yeah. I'm going to try both as well. I mean, I'm excited to... I, right now, I literally only bag the inner core as the only putter I have throwing. And I mean, if you're not going to count the zone, the zones are putter, cheater, mid-range putter, <laughs> right? Sure. But otherwise, I don't carry any other putters, just inner cores. That's so cool. I'm excited to mess around with a bunch of different putters. Yeah. 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 Give it a go. And, you, and, and don't, uh, don't get down on yourself. Cause I remember the first few days I was a little hesitant <laughs> about how tacky and sticky uh, the victors were when I switched over. Um, Cause once you start to break them in, they, they're really reliable. I've, I've really come to like them. Nice. Good. That's legit. Um, and then moving our way up in speed. Um, you said walkers. Walkers, do you have any? What, yeah, what, what's like your mid range and what were you coming from and transitioning from? Sure. Um, so mostly, sorry about that. You're good. Uh, mostly I've been, uh, so I, I used to throw a lot of the justice, um, on a, on a forehand, um, on a forehand flick, real overstable Annie, you know, kind of line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that. I've been able to learn how to throw that style of disc, regardless of the shot shape, just by giving it more Annie. Um, if I needed it to go left, I've learned how to like put a disc on a, a higher Annie and push so that it'll actually fade back um, to the left. Cause you know, um, on a forehand, right hand, it's going to want to dump right real hard. But if you can really figure out that finesse, it, it works. So I, I used to justice for a while. Um, and, and that was awesome disc um switching into lone star i had to find something that was overstable like Mm -hmm. that so i went ahead and switched over to um the walker 
which is super fun disc, super overstable. It's not as torque resistant as a Justice. So if you really get on it, it'll hold that uh, that turn a lot longer. It'll it'll fly more left. Um, but I've had to learn to like dial it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the justice you can it's torque resistant i can haul off into it i know that that torque is going to pop it up and then it'll finish out with the walker i just have to be a little bit more finesse and then just give it that right shot shape and uh it usually works out very well nice um what plastics have you tried in because i've heard and seen online is bravo the most stable or is it Founders or is it Alpha or like? A lot of people say the Founders is, is more overstable. Okay. Um, I had a Founders Lariat that was that was pretty overstable. Uh, I think they market the Founders as being the most stable. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think. I do know uh, I like to throw the Alpha plastic because the Bravo plastic flexes more and I don't feel like it fights the wind as much. Okay. And I like that stiff to fight back so i, yeah, I compare sure. the alpha more to like a like a star uh plastic and the and the uh the bravo kind of like a g star for sure so, yeah, i feel like it's even more flexible than g star somehow yeah I can somehow. it's like rubbery almost yeah yeah i um both of my walkers well i have i have two walkers that are in the glow plastic that's a bravo glow but okay. i do have um, a walker that i throw in the alpha plastic and okay. i think this one is it fights a little bit more i think it okay. comes back a little bit harder cool um, for other mid-ranges though i have um the uh texas ranger um, this is what I throw on a backhand, um, that I want to go nice and straight. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't flip over too much, but it doesn't come out too hard. Um, it's definitely still gonna, gonna have its fade at the end. Um, and I, I like that for a nice straight tunnel shot. If I got to like hit real tight lines without anything dumping one way or the other at the end, I'll throw that. Yeah. And then, From um, I also feeling the two at the, uh, at the disc golf store the other day. They felt nearly identical. Just you could clearly tell the walker was more stable. Do they feel similar to you or, or is that different when you're actually throwing them? Between the walker and the... Texas Ranger. The Texas Ranger. So... Because um, like the, the profile, they look very similar. You can just tell the walker's way more stable. Yeah, there's a there's a bigger divot on... Um on uh the texas ranger there's there's more of like a like a dump um and that that makes it way more um under stable for me um the the walker i'm not sure what it is maybe it's that extra bead at the end um that does it but honestly uh i almost never throw a walker backhand and i never throw a texas ranger forehand so it's kind of right I got a slow backhand, so I throw what I like backhand, and then I got an overstable forehand because it's too much torque. So, for sure, like those little things. Yeah, it works. Awesome. Um, so is that, is that all? Have you tried the MIDI Harp- or Harpoon or the BB6 um, at all? So on the Harpoon, um, but for my other mid range, I do throw a, a Lone Wolf. Okay. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Super flippy under- lone wolf. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Is that the flippy lone wolf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
it's a five five neck three one um but i use this as like a flip up um and i want it to keep turning uh far far right on a backhand yeah. um, i'd never throw this disc forehand because i would just turn it out into a roller um and it's well, funny, maybe you some... need that sometimes yeah right. you need I... that quick forehand flick roller <laughs> right yeah yeah i could see that yeah um there's definitely <laughs> i don't know where problem. but you know who knows in the bag yeah northwood black you might need that at some point yeah it's a, it's a shot shape that i never thought i would really need because i have a good forehand mm -hmm. um but i've learned that having an understable disc that i can flip out and turn right and then it'll fade to flat so I don't mm -hmm. get that forehand dump that happens, you know, with an overstable disc. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of get it down a tunnel to the right and then it'll just fall flat straight. It'll kind of take that tunnel. Yeah. A little more like pushing carry instead of hitting it hard and crashing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to, I want to kind of want to get more glide at the end of it yeah. rather than hitting that turn and then just dumping for a crash. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and then, I guess that's it for mid ranges, right? That that's, that's all you yeah, have. That's it. That's or it. how do you like the harpoon? <laughs> They've got so much plastic. I don't think I could carry it all. Right. Yeah. yeah. How do you like the harpoon? Have you thrown it at all? So I threw uh, one in the Victor one plastic, uh, which I like the Victor plastic. It fly, they fly pretty good. Um, but I only threw it a couple times. So I'd, it's not one that I was like, let me throw this in the bag and, and use it for now. It's probably one I'll come back to because I keep I sure keep going back and forth on on different discs and stuff and trying to like really learn their shot styles, but not one I'm gonna have in the bag right now. No, cool, it's fair. Then uh, moving up in speeds, you have fairways next. Yeah, so um, I do. I did have a couple lariats. Uh, Mockingbird's a pretty fun one. Uh, and then, but then we go up from there to like nine speeds. Um, that's, that's still a fair way. I, I still yeah, we kind of just group them together. Consider it such seven a, seven and know, nine. Some people call them distance, but um, I, I do throw um, some chupacabras, uh, okay. which are yeah. very overstable um, nine speeds, uh, like zero fours, I think. Yeah. What, what, because like the classic disc golf moniker, you know, it's a firebird. Right. Like you compare you compare this to to like a firebird, right? Like a sure. raptor, you're like, oh, it's well, a less came, stable firebird. You know, FD three, that's kinda of like a firebird. Yeah. I came more or raptor. less stable than than a firebird, or what would you compare it to? So okay, so coming from coming from a raptor, uh uh raptors I like because I can get a little more glide out of them. Um and they 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 do fly, but they have that hook at the end, you know, that mm -hmm. you really want. And you still have to kind of give them that overstable Annie flick uh, to come out. The Firebird, I, I like a Firebird. Um, they're very similar for my shot style. I think they're almost identical to, to a Raptor. The Chupacabra, though, it's a lot more dumpy. It's, uh, you have to, if you don't, how do I say this? If I were to throw a chupacabra like I throw a raptor, it's not even going to go close to the distance and it's going to dump mm -hmm. out super, super early. I have to put more power into that, into a same nine speed and put it on more of an ante just to get that same distance. And that, that shot shape, it's not going to be just like that slight ante that kind of flies nice and straight and then dumps. It's going to be, it's going to be torqued, you know, like 35 degrees almost 
flying out that way just so that it has time to fight back and you have to throw it harder so yeah. it's it's a it's very almost- good utility disc and i thought that when i first got in um to lone star that this was going to be the disc that was going to switch it over and no i i almost don't even throw it anymore it's, <laughs> it's almost like, like a captain's raptor it's even it's more dumpier than a captain's raptor really yeah it's got less glide so you have to put you have to put more into it to get that distance, and if you don't, then it just it slows down and dumps real fast. Nice. Okay. Um, I would say so. So is the Mad Cat that kind of Firebird type disc? Mad Cat. So yeah, that. that's what I've I've heard. It's it's like not a Thunderbird, which is flight numbers compared to, it's right. more of a Firebird. So I thought that this was going to be closer to a Raptor as well um than the chupacabra uh what i would say is the firebird and the raptor are right in the middle of these two discs for stability the chupacabra is going to dump super hard it's not going to want to fly as far you got to put way more into it and the mad cat if you put it on the same ante angle as you would your raptor your firebird it's going to hold that angle a lot longer it's got it feels a little less overstable like it's got a little almost a neg one in it you know what i mean like it wants mm-hmm. to flip a little bit and if you put it on that angle with enough speed it's going to hold that angle super straight but then as soon as it slows down it's going to want to come back cool um, sweet I, the only problem i find with that is if there's a little bit of wind it's hard yeah. to to judge that and you might not get that to come all the way back it's going to really hold for a little while so that's why one of the discs I keep in my bag is a Raptor. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's, I just couldn't find the in-between. I'm sure that it'll get there. I'm sure I'll figure it out. And I, I could force the shot shape I want, but I'm so used to that disc that that's kind of what I just yeah go to. But if I want to hit a nice tunnel and still have that forehand, like long, straight, and then get a little at the end, I go with the Mad Cat. If I'm trying to get around like, if I got to go to the left and hit this gap, but I want to go around these trees and then come back to the right real hard, the chupacabra on a good angle, you flick it into that gap and it'll fight and it'll fly itself back through the other gap. Nice. So they both have their shot shapes. It's just, what what do you need it for? You know? Cool. Awesome. Um, and do you have both those in alpha? Is that correct? Uh, so I have the mad cat in alpha um, that nice. I throw. It's got my little die on there. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, it turned out pretty oh, good. I, I like that, yeah. Um, the Chupacabra, I have... Um, so I have two in the Alpha plastic that I keep in my bag, and then I have one in the Bravo plastic. Uh, but this is the Glow plastic, so I, I keep a lot of Glow plastic. I play a lot of Glow golf. <laughs> we just yeah. go around every Saturday night. So Where do you play at? What's that? Where do you play Glow at? So we used to play Glow at Expo um, every Wednesday night, but we, um, since we just opened our new shop over in um, at the Dry Dock uh north location where the mm-hmm. that course is we have saturday night glow there now um every that's awesome every saturday at like 8 30 thank that's sick i play west creek glow not yeah. a ton but i'll play it you know sometimes but i like to play glow at stonegate a lot oh, okay I have think you played stonegate it's a nine hole course they have a johnny roberts glow that's just yeah <laughs> yeah Short they should have the Pro Tour stop at Johnny. That's what they should do. That would oh, be crazy. God. <laughs> you definitely get a lot of people there to watch. But That would yeah. be entertaining for sure. We'll just make it all part twos. and <laughs> Part ones even. Some of those jump putts. Yeah. Awesome. 
And then uh, moving up in speed, all you have is some distance drivers left. I do. Um, one of them that I usually throw, I can't show you right now because I just lost one. That's um, okay. But that, that's a Warbird. Okay. Uh, and I throw that in both the Alpha and the Glow Plastic. It's it's pretty good, pretty good disc. Um, sorry, I got neighbors playing their music. Um, it's it's a great disc. It's a it's basically a destroyer. It's yeah. uh it's like a twelve five neg one three I believe are the numbers. Um, yeah. It's twelve six actually. Twelve six yeah. So good glide, um, a little flippier I think than a star destroyer. Uh, but really. Yeah, just a hair. Um, I think that's where that glide comes in. Um, I think it, it gives it a little bit more because it doesn't fight as much when it slows down. Yeah. It's so I, I have to ask, because of coverage this weekend at the OTB Open, Chandler Kramer was throwing the Warbird on the majority of the holes. Yeah. If you watch Joe Mai's coverage, you'll see that shows the, you know, disc yeah. they throw off the tee. The he was throwing the Warbird like crazy, mm-hmm. but he was putting it on – pretty severe Annie yeah and it seemed like it was very very overstable to fight out of it yeah but you're saying it's around a star thunder or star destroyer not like a. Yeah, I'd say they're very close to a star destroyer um mm. you also have to remember they're, they're at a lower altitude so there's a lot more air and they can they can throw it so that the air catches it and it'll turn it a little bit more we don't have all that air up here all the time so a little different uh, but i also don't have their arm speed um well that that's why i was surprised it was like based on the angle he was throwing it on i thought it would turn into a roller almost but yeah yeah he's... it's it's insane that the disc control some of these cats have and yeah. you know with with them being a new company it could be it could be a mold thing uh with their different plastics um just like in in discraft with different colors, how certain colors yeah. are a little bit more overstable or understable, it yeah. could just be something they're trying to work out to get. So who knows? Um, my discs could be a little different than his discs, and vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. Warbirds, though, I definitely try them. If if you're going for a distance driver um, that you want to have be overstable and come back. Oh, and I wonder what plastic he was throwing too. Uh, I believe it was Alpha. Yeah, the alpha. I love the alpha plastic. Um, it's it's such good plastic. But yeah, I lost I lost both of mine today. Uh, oh, so, no. Well, not today, but yeah, I've lost them over times. So I've had probably four or five since the start of my uh, thing. <laughs> if you've played Expo, you know we lose a lot of discs. Uh, oh yeah, whole whole thirteen and fourteen are my nemesis, and I've been swimming in there many a times. Yeah. And how long did it take you to scrub off the stink? <laughs> that's funny you say that um i actually uh i i fish expo quite a bit um i've got waiters and i'll go in after matches and stuff because we have a lot of people that go in um yeah. and toss in so i'll go in and i'll search especially if i throw a disc in and yeah. pull a bunch out and i i have a big cleaning process where i scrub <laughs> them all down and then i i put them outside in my greenhouse so that they can get like a uv sun bath for a few days nice and, uh, that really helps with the stink you, you, you gotta <laughs> kill that bacteria that's kind of like growing in your plastic almost. that's awesome yeah. that's awesome yeah. um other discs though um so i the first one of the first overstable ones that i got was a tombstone um it's it's a very very overstable distance driver um i can't remember the flight numbers on this it might be a zero four three four so. zero four 
Yeah. Uh, very, very overstable. And I, I wanted to replace um, a force in my bag. Um, but I found that this disc, it's much more overstable. You can get, it's, it's similar to like how I said the Chupacabra yeah. is a lot more overstable and dumpy at that distance. The, this is, it, it wants to fly like a force, but you have to put way more into it. And that it's like, it's almost like it's lying on the numbers. You know, you want to go faster to get that distance and that speed. Uh, so it's very dumpy, but it, it does work for different things. I throw that in the alpha plastic. It's pretty nice. nice. Um, the Seguin uh, 13.503. That's what I went to after the tombstone. And this is a much closer uh, replacement for my force, the zero three. It's, it's pretty much identical. It's got, it's got that fight. It's got that dump at the end and, uh, and the alpha plastic in this, it feels like star plastic. Like it's, it's real nice plastic. And I feel like when I, once I break this in and start to get it a little flippier, it's mm -hmm. really going to start to fly really nice for me. I'm excited about that. I've only had this one a couple of weeks, so nice. hopefully I'll be able to break this one in a little bit better. Cool. Yeah. Um, have you? Uh, yeah, you're gonna keep talking about other ones, right? I just want to ask. One more. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Finish it up. Uh, so my last one, and this is the one I get the most distance on, uh, the curl. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's it's an amazing disc, and I don't know why. It I didn't... feels so good. Yeah. Uh. This one's a little gummy. Uh, cause I got the Bravo glow, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it, it's a fighter, even though it's a little understable and it, if you don't get it up to speed, it's going to dump. But if you get it up to speed, oh my gosh, you'll flip this thing up and on a forehand, you know, this is, this is my 400, four plus disc right here that I just want to like, crush out there. The wind's got to be right. You know, if there's too much headwind, you're not, it'll turn into a roller. Yeah. Um, I don't throw it backhand because I don't really have the backhand speed for it. Uh, not quite yet. I'm sure I'll get there. But uh, for forehand, it's a crusher. I try and throw it a lot flatter and even almost throw it more on hyzer to get that flip up, uh, which is kind of odd to say because it's like a 12 or 13 speed, right? Yeah. It's a 11, 6, oh. negative 1. 1.5, 2.5. 1.5, So it's almost like a strike, I guess. Yeah. And it, it, what's funny is I never threw a lot of understable discs. Uh, before I got into Lone Star and then I started to try a few and once you when you stop forcing discs to do the flight and let the disc do itself you distance just increases automatically that force is fighting against the wind and the you know the friction yeah. um, with the flip up on an understable disc it really helps and uh, that's one thing I'm really really working on and it says a lot saying that my furthest disc is a disc I never really wanted to throw to begin with <laughs> yeah for sure well Mike and I have both highlighted that as like one of the first discs that we want to get. Yeah. Yeah. It's my second one. I flipped my first one out in the pond. <laughs> Heck yeah. Need a rake to get that one out. Cool. Uh, um, last one I want to ask on the distance drivers is the Nimitz. Have you thrown that one? I have not thrown a Nimitz yet. Okay. No. It has a Wraith flight numbers, but I was curious if it, it, it didn't feel amazing to me, but I feel like it'd probably be a decent flyer, but yeah. I guess we'll see to get my hands on there's it. A, um, there's another one, the Bowie. Yeah, uh, Bowie. Like the, the Tombstone. Bayonet. It's like the Tombstone, yeah, the Bowie. Um, it's not as overstable as Tombstone, I don't think. 
And that was another one that I tried to switch over for my force. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it's still, if I were to put them in order of like overstable, uh, I'd probably go tombstone Bowie, then the sequin. sequin. Um, I haven't tried the Harrier. That's understable. Like yeah, that one, that one's and strike the, numbers. The, the bayonet. Yeah. So I, I think they, in that order for dumpiness, um, I'm sure if you could like put more into the other ones, you could probably get the same shot shapes out of them. Uh, for me though, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to work in that, that under more understable work down and like, I'll keep those overstable stuff in the bag for like wind and shot shapes that I really need. But for that distance, I gotta, I gotta like bring down into the more understable stuff and get it to flip and let the disc kind of roll itself. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really good. Like just a pointer and to think about is like the pros are throwing those destroyers, those forces because they're throwing it so much harder and faster right. than we are. And they're actually getting those to flip up. Right. Or 99% of the people out there who are playing disc golf, you should be looking at more understable stuff to get that easy flip up, get that glide and turn in the flight to get that distance, not power or speed. I mean, obviously yeah. speed helps, but the discs no, can help too. Right. Yeah. Let the disc do the work. Don't, exactly. don't force it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Love it. Awesome. Lincoln, do you have any more questions? Uh, not a question. Just pointing out the bayonet. I don't know, Mike, if you're interested in that one, I it am. feels like it could be like your rive. Yeah. Just based on flight numbers, but also that's what Emerson Keith, who took down the OTB open, that's what he throws. And um Nico, they both use the bayonet as their main distance driver thrower. Yeah. Have you tried that one? I haven't thrown that one yet either. Um, but I have looked at the flight numbers on that one and I do kind of want to try it out. Yeah, I just haven't gotten sure. around. Yeah, we're waiting for an, an an order update at the shop, so hopefully we'll get something in. They're awesome. they're out of stock on a lot of stuff, and I don't yeah, imagine they're. It's been a it's been a tough start to the year. <laughs> That's with it. new team members coming on. I imagine they'll probably be even less out of stock, but we might have an inside track to someone at the warehouse. So yeah. I'll, I'll keep you, you I'll keep you posted, Todd. Nice, awesome. Um. Do you have anything else, Lincoln, or do you think that's going to be be good? Uh, not too many questions on discs. I mean, you kind of touched on a bunch of them. Other yeah. ones you haven't tried yet. Yeah. Um, we're both super excited to see, you know, get get our orders in, get a bunch of get a bunch of stuff. Um, my only questions are just like surrounding being a team member. What have you enjoyed about it so far? Uh, you know, apparel has that been difficult to find since they want you to wear apparel at every event, kind of thing. There you yeah, go. nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, for our allotment, they sent us a jersey, um, which which was nice. Uh, and with our first allotted disc, um, other than that, uh, I've had to do my own stuff. Uh, I, I could 
Yeah, I, well, I, I could go through other people, um, but I, I run my own Shopify account and do my own branding and try and make my own apparel and, and stuff like that, you know. Got okay, start I got an inside up. track right here. Let's go. So um, what's cool with uh, with Lone Star is they, they've given us all the, the PDF files to make whatever we want and Sick. allowed us to brand that on our website. So I actually have... Um, hats and uh, jerseys and, and t-shirts and stuff up on my website with their logo and they're completely cool with it. Um, I even go into the chat sometimes for the group uh, team chat and drop the links in there. And if people want some of that, they can, they can go in on that and, uh, and purchase that. And some people have, which is, which is nice because that helps me out pay for tournaments and stuff like that. It was kind of the whole, the idea behind that start a little brand and help myself move myself forward in this disc golf career i'm trying to push so nice nice awesome that's sweet well uh we might drop a link in the description of this podcast to uh sweet push, yeah. push the word some of that shopify bit. there yeah, i mean i'm, uh, I'm probably going straight to that right now but my, uh, it's on my uh, instagram and stuff like that so it's jack of all trades i'm todd jacko <laughs> perfect it's uh, pretty fun yeah, that is uh that is some high quality branding right there thanks that's great i like it cool and then yeah do you want to wrap it up lincoln you want me to uh well let's uh let's finish i mean i feel like you kind of gave us a two-minute drill on just letting the disc do the work and not trying to force discs to that is there anything else you're currently working on right now in your game uh mostly mostly it's it's been my putting uh I, i know i said this earlier and i can't say it again putt 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 yeah, you gotta you just you gotta keep putting, man. Uh, there'll be times where I feel like I'm on, and times where I feel like I'm off. And I think I guess there's the saying, uh, you know, like if if you practice to be good, then you're not going to be good. You got to practice to be the best. You got to practice to be like you're. Ne- don't practice to make the putt. Practice to never miss the putt. Um, is the yep. idea there? And uh, because yeah, if you can, if you can confidently make everything in circle one you are you're gonna you're gonna skyrocket immediately it's you're gonna put yourself ahead of the game and then when it when it comes to practice you know it's it's a it's a time over over effort thing so when you the more time you put in you know they say that if you put in 100 hours you're going to be better than 95 percent of the people in the world and that just takes like 18 minutes a day you know so you got to you got to practice, practice, practice. So it's just like buy put- putters and you don't have to have the same putters. You know what I mean? That's one thing that I've, I've been trying to, to drill into my head. I don't need 10 jackrabbits and 10 blue bonnets. I've got 50 discs of all sorts of different molds. It's not the disc when you're inside circle. It's, it's the For form. Sure. It's, it's repetitiveness. It's, you know, it's like juggling. You can just juggle anything. If you know how to juggle, you can, you can do yeah. all sorts of stuff. It just takes that time and that repetitiveness over and over again. So that's that's been my main goal this year is to try and eliminate all those little goofy ifs because I couldn't tell you how many times I've been in the situation where I've got a I've got the bird look and I chain out or I hit the band yeah. or I hit the cage and it's just what can you do? You know, yep. Todd Todd two might have made it, but let's, yeah, let's get Todd one in there. Yeah, Todd two, and I think another thing. Um, is don't take it so seriously, you know, when you're playing, um, there's a lot of people out there that, uh, you'll miss and you'll get in your head, you know, you'll have a bad shot or you'll shank, you get in your head, you get upset. Uh, 
um, it's not that serious, you know? And a lot of times I, you're not good enough to be that upset. <laughs> you know? That's so some great like, advice. That's so true. Right. So don't, you know, take it with a grain of salt and move on, let it go, you know, because less is more sometimes. <laughs> but awesome. uh, that's, that's probably my two, my two things that I'm, I mean, I don't get so upset. I really try to stay cool and calm on collected on the course, you know? Um, the putting thing though but I do notice that from a lot of other people it's just how hot-headed a lot of people can get sometimes and it's like it's just a game when it comes down to it for sure that's well said cool um well I think that's all the questions we have for you I just want to say thank you appreciate you for coming on and giving us that kind of breakdown on Lone Star Discs we are really excited to be a part of this team and kind of start getting our hands on that sweet plastic and trying out a bunch of new discs. And I think the message that you gave us is like, just get out there, try everything. And uh, you gave me a lot of good ideas and um, kind of led me to um, helping pick out a few more for my bag. So I appreciate yeah. it for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much, guys. Yeah. I really appreciate it coming on and, and chatting with you guys. I mean, like I said, this is what I do every day. Now I've, I'm trying to like focus in on this. I've literally went from being a mechanic to now I played disc golf and sell plastic. So <laughs> yeah, that's legit. Yeah. It's been a three year journey, but hopefully many more years to come. That's Perfect. Good. Awesome. So uh, remember to like, subscribe, leave your comments, and uh, we will link Todd's uh, Shopify. Uh, into the description below so make sure you check that out support him and his future um, career path of selling plastic and discs playing disc golf so and uh, stay tuned for our second episode this week recapping the OTB Open so perfect thank you all for tuning in lefties out